This is the Quadrants of Mental Health Podcast with Dr. AJ. Okay, we're back. Mr. Charlie Inge. Inge. So sometimes I want to say Inge. I don't know why. Because there's a lot of inches in, in, around here. But I, I work with one, yeah, actually. Okay, yeah. that's probably why. Yeah. But it is Inge. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a mutual friend, and she corrects me all the time with that, too. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to wrap up. Yeah. Kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, I want you to give your contact information again yeah. and um, your website. Um, and one of the things that we want to talk about during the segment is with, with your journey, your personal journey, and what you discovered and putting together the team, how does your clients, how does your clients interact or how does they fit into what you're doing? Are you encouraging them to take the same journey? What's that process with your clients? So <clears throat> it's here's what it's done as, as, a, as a lawyer for me having worked on these things. Um, I'm much more conscious whenever I am interviewing a client, trying to actually ask them what happened to them and mm -hmm. understanding in a different way who is it that they are. Okay. Um, and so that starts to tease out where you might think that they could use some help. One thing that we run into is that in many times the law is used as a weapon. Yes. And if you employ trauma-informed practices as a lawyer, then you can start turning the law into a tool as opposed to a weapon. Mm -hmm. So if you know about number three and number four when it comes to defending a client, then you can, you can actually pinpoint where they can get the biggest bang for their buck if they are motivated to actually do the work. So okay. you, empower, you empower them, you partner with them, you give them a voice and a choice, you be transparent about what the process is, you give them safety, you try not to re-traumatize, and through empathy and understanding, you try to think about what is it that they don't know that they don't know right. that could really help us. And then we can get them to the professional. So here's here's a story. I had a client come to me a couple of years ago um, for an embezzlement charge. Um, okay. Let's just, there was, uh, she was in charge of a lot of, embezzlement means that you're an employee and you've taken your employer's money. Mm -hmm. So she had the opportunity to secret away $10,000 during, during during lunch break. Oh, wow. They came back, someone noticed it was missing. She was the only person that had gone into the room over lunch break. Um, she takes them to the center console of her car and says, here, here's the money, they get it all back. Then they ask her, they said, well, why did you do it? She says, I did it to show that I could, right? Not a very good, not a very good statement that you want when you're dealing with a $10,000 investment charge. Wow. She comes to me. I take her case. We show up to general district court. She brings a friend with her. Um, and this was a, a young lady. She never, no criminal charges ever in her past. Um, was, what, hygiene was good, was put together. Um, I believe that she was part of, um, you know, the National Guard in some way. And so otherwise a person that, you would not suspect would find themselves in this difficulty. Right. And that's the thing about criminal law is no, many people don't plan on getting into that situation. Not at all. They're not even paying attention to the thing that I'm getting ready to do is illegal. Now, of course, this young lady did. First court case, she brings an old manager of hers with her for support. And that manager pulls me aside and said, Charlie, do you know about her abusive boyfriend? And I said, well, we don't. Didn't know before, but we're about ready to find out, right? So she comes out. So I asked my client about this this inquiry that her friend did. Mm. The client says he wasn't abusive. I mean, 
he cut me off from all my friends and family. He controlled the purse strings of the relationship. Um, I had, you know, he verbally abused me and emotionally abused me, but he, or, ver, he yeah, it was verbal and emotional abuse, That's but true. he never hit me. Right. Okay. And I said, I think we're getting a little closer to the to, to what we're aiming at. Let's we back here just be a continuous. Let's see if we can get you some, you know, uh, yeah. some battered women's. Because you know, that's yeah. usually the physical abuse is not the first thing to start. It's usually all the other things. All the other it's things. all the other things. Yeah. It's 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 tearing down their emotional self-esteem. You know, mm -hmm. it's you know if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of need: physiological, safety and security, love and belonging self-esteem right right and so it's almost if you think about it you you're reversing you're you're breaking down all those Break individual down, levels yes of maslow's hierarchy right and now you can get to the safety and security part it is eventually where i think it goes yes. i don't think that i don't think that people that do the abusing think of it that way mm -hmm. but i think it's just a natural tendency because those are the things you can get you can get away with right right um and so because it's not seen right Right. It's felt right, it, right, and it's carried right, and it's body. also really hard to show to someone yes. else that it's happening. Yes, because the people that can gaslight, the people that can do those things, have the ability to turn it on and off, whether they realize it or not. Right. Um, and so, this young lady tells me this. I tried to send her to, to, to therapy, but um, COVID prevented that. I finally got her to start reading Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, because I said we need to tell the judge something. Because the Commonwealth was refusing to let us not uh, lower, get it out of felony then. Oh, wow. Right? And so this young lady's going to get a felony for this stuff. I'm not saying she didn't do the crime mm -hmm. on its face, potentially, right? Mm -hmm. um, but with this, getting her, when I met her outside the court, before we went into circuit court, the first instance, mm -hmm. she had, she had, she had, waterfall tears coming down her her face holding up the book and said inch i didn't put two and two together yeah she said she said this book i remember she said when i was two or three years old or whatever age i watched my father rape my mother mm. and she said i didn't stop to think about the a day or two before i took the money allegedly mm. that my boyfriend had actually choked me. Mm. And now that I'm looking back at it, what, what I was really scared of was that it was gonna happen again. Yeah. And the next time it happened, it was gonna be rape. Yeah. And she said, Well, she said, I didn't stop to think about those. that was what my mental thought process the was going. Wasn't there. Right. But, but now you have done this work, and I hate to say because it's such a privileged phrase to say done the work, right? Or it's, work or it's shaming to other over not whether I do work. And now you have gone on this journey. Right. You don't develop the grace and forgiveness for yourself. And forgiveness is letting go of the energy of the event that happened, positive and negative. That's why forgive and forget is forgetting that it happened, right? So yeah. forgiveness is not a pardon, but it's just letting go of the energy, right? Exactly. And so so few of us think about forgiveness in that way. And so if you have a negative image of yourself, you don't like yourself, and then one of the things you need to look at is how am I speaking to myself? Mm -hmm. What do you know, are there these things that are shaming me? If you cannot give yourself grace and forgiveness for the things that you do, then you cannot give anyone else grace and forgiveness. Right? And so really that's the birthplace of, of them understanding they are really doing the best they can with what they have right now. And I did the best I could with what I had. And so, or what I had, but I, I've now worked on those things and I'm now conscious 
of where what what I was reacting to, mm-hmm. why I was reacting, mm-hmm. and how I can start responding instead of reacting. Exactly. Right. And so when I talk about this, this judge then gave me the option with this young lady to get her into counseling mm-hmm. and come in and do, you know, when we talk about uh, criminal laws, there's one thing that's called a... Um, you were able to talk about this in court yeah. and explain to yeah. the judge this? Right. Now, it's it's, wow. it's not been finalized, but the judge is giving me the opportunity to wow. bring the therapist in to explain to him what what is going on with this yes. so that we can, so I can see if he's willing to take this under advisement. There's a, there's a there's yes. case law that says that judges inherently have the ability to take a case under yes. advisement and potentially either not find her guilty or find her guilty of a lesser lesser sentence. And, yes. and so this is the op- the opportunity that I now have, even though the facts were terrible. Yes. The, but doing the, knowing knowing that this wow. other thing exists, oh, being able to break into that, get her to buy into it, empower right. her, right. partner with her, show her where she can go, contact that counselor and say, this is what I see as a professional. Mm-hmm. You do your work. I'm not trying to do your work, but this is what I see. This is what she told me. This is what I feel in my heart right. has some validity here. I need you to do your work. You need to be available. You need to have some vulnerability and courage to come into court and be willing to be cross-examined by the Commonwealth. Right. But unless we actually believe in this stuff and want to make those sorts of differences, that system is going to remain exactly the same unless you try to do these things. Yes. And we try to bring this. We talk about we talk about uh, justice reform, right? We talk about all these other things. Yet wow. there's there's no one knows about this other aspect because criminal law is for the other people, and those are bad people. Except for when it's our loved one that's going through it. Yes. Suddenly, it's usually not us. It's usually wow. our loved one. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, it's yeah, our yeah. loved one, and then you see how they're treated. Yes. By these other people, and you see that there's that shame uh-huh. attached to it right. by those other people. Like you shouldn't even be here. You should have known better. Yeah. Right. And we do all these things wow. and it's just so shameful on us as a society that we're not we could do better, but we're not we're not choosing to see where we well, can. Because we don't know. A lot of times we don't know. Right. I mean, how many attorneys you know really understand trauma? I don't even want to guess. Exactly. You know, so so that's a part of the that's a part of the process right. and, and 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 for her to be able to make that connection. Right. You know you know what I heard when uh you were talking about that? I was thinking about your ankle. Yeah, you didn't make the connection between nope. your ankle and your nope. migraine headache. Even I knew it. I knew it happened, and you knew it happened. I knew it happened. And but the, I didn't, and the, and the didn't person think. said, "So when did you break your ankle?" Oh, boy, it's, like, it's like eight years oh, ago. God, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I didn't I, even I, put I, it on my medical history. No, that's how. That's how. That's how insignificant that it was. I didn't even put it on my medical. History. And that's how she was. Right. That relationship is insignificant. Right. But she had this information stored in her body. Right, right. The body keeps the score. And it's so, so, if you haven't, if if your listeners haven't heard of that book, I I definitely recommend it. It's in three parts. The first one is adult trauma. The second is in three parts. The first third is adult trauma. Second third is developmental trauma and discussion of adverse child event score. And then the third part is then modalities of treatment for trauma that we know that that the, the author has found to be successful. Okay. That's actually how I uncovered my trauma patterns. Okay. Was be, was, you just you just inspired me. I have I'm gonna be honest with you. I've had that book on my desk probably for six months now. So now I'm going to read. It took me a year. It, it took me a year um, to read. Yeah. Well, not not because I'm a slow reader, of course, but uh-huh. I, and I listen to audible books because yes. that's how I find if I'm driving to and from court, which I am a lot. That's right. that's when I have the moment. That's when I have a moment and to actually just there and right, process right. and yeah. absorb. Yeah. But it took me that a year. My, awesome. my recommendation would be to read something that's a little bit lighter that when you, because you, you do a lot of heavy work like I do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you're, you're, 
your your spirit, your soul just isn't able to handle. You need to recharge. Yeah, you you don't have. I don't have the extra bandwidth to yeah, even start yeah. contemplating how I've been hurt in the past or these yes. other things. And so let me think about something that's a little bit more uplifting. Not that Bessel van der Kolk's book is bad. Yes. But because it hits home so succinctly. Yes. It, it's um, but it's it's an amazing book, and I would recommend. Man, that's everyone. awesome. Yeah. So that's awesome. So the name of the book again is. Bessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score. The Body Keeps the Score. We I definitely recommend that. Um, in fact, I'm going to, uh, during my parenting class on Mondays, I'm going to start promoting that book as well. That's um, um, there's a lot of information. There's, you know, there's so much out there and there's so much science behind what's going on. Yes. Uh, Mel Robbins, in her book, The High Five Habit, talks yes. about the reticular activation system, which essentially is the, and, and this all ties into, it's all tied all together. Tied the reticular activation system is the biological Facebook algorithm of the human body. Yes. Our brains process 23.4 gigabytes of information on average a day. The reticular activation system is the system that allows about 4% of that information to our conscious self. Wow. And so the four things that allows in there, when we hear our name, right? Every here, we're talking and you hear your name out there. You didn't hear anything else. Nothing else. Well, your brain heard it. Yes. But it didn't cross. It did, it did, it, 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 let, it let into your consciousness yes. your name. But if you heard your name, then you must have heard everything else, but it's not you processing. You did, but it's right. Well. Exactly. And then when, you're, when your significant other is interested in uh, copulation, mm -hmm. um, Third one is uh, danger, perceived or real. Right. So that's that spidey sense. I don't really know what's going right. on. Here. I can't put my finger on it, but we need to get out of here. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Reticular activation system. And finally, the fourth one, and this is why it's so important how we talk to ourselves, is it knows what our unconscious biases are. Mm -hmm. And so, and it, and what it does is it, it re. Uh, enforces what we have as an unconscious bias. Yes. And so if you believe... And everything else is filtered. Right. Every, if you believe that you are... If you are in shame, I believe that I am unworthy and I'm right. unworthy and I'm, a, and I'm a piece of crap and I'm always going to be a fat and everything I do is a piece of crap, then it only lets in the stuff that reinforces that. Exactly. That's that. But, a compliment will be... Will be Oh my goodness! They would get upset. They get upset, yeah, but, not, but that's the that's that reticular activation exactly. system, which is why you can't convince someone of something that they believe unconsciously. Exactly. But if they don't, if we don't do the work to say, okay, what are my unconscious beliefs? Then we don't ever have the ability to get past the reticular activation system. Yes. To give ourselves a chance to yes. know what we don't know, and so the it's just um, it, it, it's just been it's so incredible. It's so man, incredible, it's awesome, man. But yeah. I, I, I I'm. Blown away by the fact that here we have an attorney talking like a therapist, talking our language. It's amazing to me. And, you know, one of the things I do, you know, just to piggyback off what you just said was, you know, when I work with kids, teenagers especially, you know, I don't get into a lot of the science of it with them, but also try to get them to look at what are your core values? What do you right. believe? What, you know, and let's focus on those things. And we had a case, literally this kid's been in the system for 11 years. So we were ready for a battle. We think, oh my God, he's going to give us that far. We start teaching him and work with him. Within six weeks' time, he was changed because he was learning things that he had never learned before at his age, 15 years old. I mean, he was like absorbing it like a sponge. Still work to be done. Part of the work is like what you're doing, continue to grow, continue to challenge yourself, discipline and all those things. But it took his parents almost a year before they could embrace the game, before they were willing to make the changes and recognize that, okay, this is what he did, this is what he, but that's not who he is. Right. You know, his journey is he's been out of your home for 11 years. You guys have just started to come back together. 
Yeah, you don't know what he's gone through. You don't know what has happened to him. No. And you don't know what his unconscious beliefs are about who you are and letting it happen. Exactly. Or who he is, you know, and so it's or just who so. who he is. Right. And his interpretation of that, because a lot of his regression now is the things that happened over those 11 years. So she could just touch his hand and he, he's going to have a reaction to it. Right. You know, and you have to understand that he's not that little four-year-old, you know. At times he can be because that emotional age is going to show up sometimes. But overall, he has to go through a process. You need to go through a process and then we can learn to integrate both of you back into relationship with one another. But if you're not willing to do the work and he is, it's going to have, you're going to frustrate the relationship. So Gertha, um, one of his quotes um, is that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And yes. I believe that that's true on a micro and yes. macro level. You know, so you, when you're talking about your family unit, you're going to be the average of the five people in your family unit you spend the most time with. When you're talking about your your uh, your work life, you're yeah, going to be the average life. people that you spend the most time with. Yes. And so, but you're also, when we talk about trauma, when we talk about intergenerational trauma and family trauma, that's also the reason why those things are important is it's, it's almost like a family ritual, right? To a mm -hmm. certain extent, some of these behaviors that have happened in our families, it's, hey... Happened to me. My father Suck did it, it to me. I'm gonna do yeah. it. You know, I remember being even a kid. with even with women who have been molested. Right. Some women can't even talk to their mothers about. It. Yeah. Because as yeah. soon as you say he touched me, they shut down. Right. Because they because it happened to them. Because it happened to them, and they and that's part that not looking at it. Yes. And not. But you know what? It I keeps me in a place where I can function. It becomes that demon that is chained in the basement. Yes. And eventually, it starts to it starts to crack and shake the foundations of yes. everything. Everything, and, and it's uh, misunderstood it, behaviors, right? And you because know? other things are you you are exactly the misunderstood behaviors because you're reacting to the. I think so. When I do my interpersonal strength theory, I, I wish I, um, I wish I could do my my diagram. But when I do my large circle with the three circle Venn diagram, yeah. uh, cogn uh, physiological, cognitive, emotional, with the center piece of spiritual yes right you, i can start to even with myself to think about what my traumas were mm -hmm. i can start putting them somewhere in that venn diagram because i'm like it affected these areas yeah. of me it, it affected my my spiritual my, my when i think spirit like it affected that that, um, that that ethereal thing that makes us a human being right. right and so it affected that part but it also affected my emotion and my cognitive process mm -hmm. because i tied these things emotionally and thought process together right and so you can almost find the spot and put the dot and then i draw a circle around it people have had a core injury to their body right or people have gotten infected well the infection wasn't the original wound no it was the it's the necrosis that happens around it around it. and and it, it is it's the body or the you know and sometimes with the trauma it's the psyche's right desire to try to protect it and it's to try to not let that thing happen again so right. we're going to try and we're going to put this we're gonna put this necrosis out here so that no one can ever, nothing can ever get back to this thing. But nothing can get in. Nothing can get in, but it's also that's pain, right? right? And if our consciousness is so inward because the pain is so painful, we don't pay attention to who we're harming, mm -hmm. right? And if, but if we're also oblivious to the pain and what's going on inside, then we're then we're paying too much attention to the outside, how we're interacting with other people, getting our responses from them, and not actually having a connection with who we are as a being. Right. Um, hurt people. Hurt people. That's it. Right. We have a shirt we call Heal People, Heal People. That's what I want to focus on now, the healing aspect of it. And healing is a process. Right. It's a journey. I mean, you can't just take a pill and think you're going to be healed. Right. You know, because there are layers 
you know, and, and, and I like your diagram. You showed it to me. I, I saw it on it. The intersection, there's a lot of intersections. And a lot of times people are not conscious of those things because we're not taught. We're not taught. You can, um, if you could do this, maybe we can put it on the screen. Uh, yeah. on a, you know, on a, on a um, YouTube broadcast. If you send it to me, we can yeah. get her to and, and yeah. break that in. But that is so important. He said, hold it up. Oh, yeah. Here we go. If you can read my chicken scratch, <laughs> we'll, we'll get something. So this is this is the way. So these are the original Venn diagrams. The Venn diagram is over uh, circles that overlap. This outer circle is, that's our ego, trauma, and shame version of ourselves, right? I am who I think you think I am. This is who we are, but within inside of it is the physiological. So everything with our body and all these other things. Cognitive, the way we think, our, our, our value system, um, uh, other processes. And then emotional is, is you know, I've, I've seen some other older versions um, of discussion of these different parts of us, calling that the soul. Mm -hmm. By calling it the soul, the soul is the emotional existence of, right. of, of being. I, I'm not so. I don't know how I feel about that. But then in the center is this spiritual part, right? So that's this this other thing. And then I always think about there's this is consciousness here somewhere there, and it's either inward or it's either outward. As far as what, what we want is balance, right? But when I think about things, and I think that everything exists this way. It's almost like proton, neutron, electron. You know, proton, neutron, electron, yeah. and and um. Nucleus, yeah, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, but it's, but yeah, it's, it's the, it's what the building block of the world, but it's almost like we exist this way, um, and every cell in our body has been, is stored, you know, and it gets passed down, because you can even see generationally anxiety in families or sexualized behaviors in families, because that energy, if it's not processed, if it's not expressed. It gets passed down. And I always tell people what's not transformed gets transferred. Right. Well, we also, but that also goes back to, to family behaviors, right? Yes. My father was a son of the belt, so I was a son of the belt. And for a long time, I said, my children will be son of the belt because right. I was a son of the belt. Exactly. Right? And I turned out just fine. Exactly. Right? So they, so, they, they you said, know. you know, with, with, with <laughs> it, you know? And so. And, and you go through your stuff right, and now you're right, conscious of right, it. You know? Right. And then all those. relationships. And that's interesting. We have the children and then we do the same things to them that harmed us. And it's, it's, it's I, I think of it, I always thought of that as almost a way to take back the thing that we lost. Yes. I think of trauma actually more as a, more as a grief process. I think of it as getting stuck in a grief process that you didn't know you were yes. supposed to go through and you don't know what you lost. Exactly. But if you are abused by mom and dad, what did you lose? The fact that the house is safety. The belief that the people that are supposed to nurture you will actually nurture you. They won't actually harm you. Yeah. You know, and so think of think about the cognitive values that we lose and the wow. emotion that is attached to that, right? I'm losing all this cognitive yeah. value and this emotion. And now it's represented in the body, right? That's how it goes. Cognitive process. Mom's going to take care of me. She's not going to harm me. Then she abuses me. And I don't know. I don't can't accept a hug from her anymore because I don't know if she's going to hit me or not. Not just her, but anyone. And now anyone, right? And now that becomes the, that's the, that's the necrosis around it. I was hugged but in the past, so I can't be hugged now. Right. You know, that family touching that boy's hand and he takes back because the people that used to touch his hand where he comes from right. abused him. That was the pre that was the pre that, that that was the cue that you're getting your something's about ready to happen to Exactly. You, right? Exactly. Well we are we are closing out today. I want to thank you. I but we have hours you. more that we have to talk about. We're gonna come back. <laughs> We're gonna come back. 
what I want to do is is finish this and yeah. um, and I'm hoping that we can get some feedback and then we'll come back and do a part two. I can't wait. I okay? can't wait. Me neither. I, I've enjoyed this. This has been a great hour of learning. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I'm a student and I'm a teacher. Yeah. You know, we learn so that we can what teach. teach. You know, and it's a part of our journey and our process. So thank you for um, being with us today on Quadrants of Mental Health. I have as my special guest, Mr. Charlie Inch. He is an attorney in the Richmond area, believe it or not. He may not talk like an attorney today, but he is an attorney. He's been practicing for 14 years in the Richmond area. Give your website one more time. So uh, it's Inch Law. The website is traumainformedlaw.com. My name is Charles Inch. It's been a pleasure to be here today. I was really excited to share and learn from you as well. Awesome. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Enjoy the journey.